0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Justin Arner from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Ervin Etheraviraham, Associate Professor in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of Chicago. He was the senior author of the paper titled Long Head of the Biceps Autograft Performs Biomechanically Similar to Human Dermal Allograft for Superior Capsular Reconstruction After Rotator Cuff Tear, which is in press in the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, Ervin, and thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much, Justin. It's a great honor to be invited to this arthroscopy podcast.
0: Yeah, this is great. I, I hear you're a, a repeat offender, which is great. We appreciate uh, you coming back on. And I did one with Chris Tucker before he telling me it was great. So I wanted to first congratulate you on this study. I think it's awesome whenever we do science the right way, there's this technique has been discussed, but we really don't have clinical studies. And certainly we should start with the biomechanical studies. So I wanted to thank you for putting this together and it's really well done. And wanted to basically ask you a little bit about the study design and how you came up with the idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, many of the uh, massive rotator cuff tears that we see are only partially repairable or irreparable at the time of surgery. And we know that recurrent tears are very common in the setting of poor quality tissue. As you know, superior capsular reconstruction initially, you know, came as a solution, you know, for this, Setting where you know there was a massive uh, cup tear that's not repairable. However, this is you know more recently been um, falling out of favor with regards to uh, graft healing and elongation issues, technical difficulty, uh, reoperation, and subsequent need to conversion to arthroplasty. And that's where the study came from: is that the long head of biceps has many inherent advantages, including its anatomic proximity, cost effectiveness. Theoretically improved healing potential with autogenous tissue, uh, technical ease of the procedure, and it also burns less bridges as fewer anchors are required. However, it is contingent on having available biceps for the procedure.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about the technique you used and how you came up with uh, the idea about where to put it on the tuberosity. I think that's an interesting type of question.
1: Yeah, so we left it attached to the uh, superior labrum proximally and then placed a locked pierced luggage tag uh, configuration that we call the loop and tack, you know, through the tendon, just proximal to where it enters the bicycle groove, uh, kind of above where the subscap inserts as well. Uh, and this is to help minimize graft slippage. And so once you secure the graft, uh, you can fixate it on the uh, rotator cuff footprint. And we do this uh, slightly uh, bias posteriorly on the supraspinatus footprint, and we uh, fixate it with, you know, a nautilus anchor. And then once you do this, you can either, you know, detach the, the more distal portion of biceps and tenodesis to more in the, um, groove, or you can perform a tenotomy. But in our study itself, uh, you know, we performed the tenotomy. The reason we place it posteriorly on the supraspinitis uh, footprint is to avoid a situation where the humeral head can buttonhole, uh, through the space between the, um, tenodesis and the posterior portion of the cuff. So we think by biasing this posteriorly, we can minimize that effect of buttonholing.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the long head of the biceps? You know, I think I first read about it used being used as an SER with Dr. Tokish and you know, people talk about, you know, doing different procedures to make it flatter. Tell us a little bit about your interest in education regarding this and how it kind of came about.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think through a lot of these conferences, uh, you get exposed to, you know, just chatting with people. And again, JT was one of the people that, um, you know, I uh, talked to about as well. But, you know, interestingly, if you look at the literature, uh, rewriting the biceps in the setting of irreparable cuff tears is not a new concept. You know, there's been a handful of case theories that were published between the 70s to 90s, actually commenting on a rewriting technique. And, you know, in, in the early 2000s as well, uh, you know, some authors from Asia uh, commented on this um, more recently, a systematic review on this topic was uh, published in ASMAR, uh, including seven studies for a total of, I would say, about 130 patients. And this study also showed consistent post-op improvements in multiple PROs, uh, you know, greater than the MCID, improved forward elevation VA scores. However, given the possibility of, you know, potential biomechanical studies looking into this, you know, we wanted to investigate this technique in the biomechanical setting.
0: Yeah, it's certainly important before we just start jumping uh, to get some, some good data. So tell us a little bit about the findings of your study.
1: Yeah, so we compared the long head of biceps, tenodesis again, biased uh, onto the uh, posterior part of the footprint of the rotator cuff. And we compared this to superior capsule reconstruction with and without posterior side-to-side suturing. And then we looked at uh, several different things, including uh, functional uh, humeral abduction force, Uh, superior humor head uh, translation, as well as range of motion.
0: Yeah. And uh, tell me what you guys found.
1: Yes, we found that all three groups that uh, we were able to sufficiently restore functional abduction force and decrease the superior humor head uh, translation comparable to the intact state. And we did not compromise range of motion um, uh, in this effort as well.
0: Yeah. it's Important. So tell us a little bit about arm position. I know there's been some studies with SCR and arm position and <clears throat> tell us, you know, I think this is something that's still being worked out, but tell us your thoughts on arm position and and your thoughts uh, in your study, how you determine position to use. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, so, you know, generally I do my shoulders in a ladder position with, when the arm is in about 30 degrees of abduction. And that's how I routinely fix my uh, rotator cuffs. And when I did SCRs, uh, I used that same angle as well. and the reason I like 30 degrees, I think it doesn't over-tension the graft. I think, you know, if you have significant, you know, greater abduction angles, uh, you do run the risk of over-tensioning and then lead to either failure or stretching the graft. So I think 30 degrees is a is a nice angle. I, I know some of the, like you said, the biomechanical studies have come to even 20 degrees, but I think uh, again, thirty degrees is nice because that's kind of how I do uh, other procedures well on the shoulder and it uh, seems to be a good balance between over, not over-tensioning the graft and also, um, you know, exposure, et cetera.
0: It works out well, like you mentioned, just with positioning too. You know, you, you looked at um, posterior side-to-side suturing, like you mentioned, kind of in your discussion of your methods, and it didn't seem like that made a difference, suturing the SCR or the biceps to the infraspinatus. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts with that. Do you think uh, we should do that clinically, that maybe it would, would help with some, you know, biology? Or uh, what are your thoughts about attaching it to the infraspinatus?
1: Yeah, interesting. You know, when I did, uh, like I said, SCRs more routinely, you know, I used to routinely uh, put uh, posterior side-side sutures. And uh, when I started to do long head bicep uh, tenodesis, you know, I did that as well. However, you know, with this biomechanical study um, and, and our positioning of the tenodesis more posterior in the footprint, uh, we did not find that it was uh, necessary, which, again, I thought was an interesting finding. And based on this, I have not been routinely, um, you know, putting the side-to-side sutures. However, where I do use the long head of biceps tenodesis is um, more commonly in the setting of uh, as an augment. And so I will routinely repair the either posterior portion rotator cuff or even Again, if the entire cuff comes over uh, repair either around it or on top of it. Um, and again, it's the nice thing about the is it has a very small uh, footprint and does not take a lot of real estate. So uh, potentially, you know, if you put in this tenodesis slightly more, um, you know, more medial, then you can easily repair the rotator cuff, you know, either posterior or, or, or lateral, and um, you know, almost treat the um, the long head tenodesis t- as an augment. So I think it's a very versatile technique and in either situation.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea using it as an augmenter. If you can do a partial repair and and can put this in the front, that's that's a great idea. One thing you mentioned in your your methods were elongation of the dermal allografts and SCR. There's been some studies looking at that. What are your thoughts about the biceps? Do you think it's less likely to elongate since it's a biologic structure we're using? Tell us. Are you worried, you know, if we're going to have tearing from the superior labrum or do you worry about the health of the biceps? Tell us kind of your thought process of, of those different thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think having a, you know, good, healthy biceps anchor and uh, biceps tendon is important for this technique. So if there's anything more than a very small, stable type two slap or significant tearing up the long head of biceps, I personally would not uh, use this technique and I would use other uh, techniques in that situation. I think elongation is always a concern, you know, potentially just looking at, you know, dermal allograft, I do think that dermal allograft is a little more inherently uh, likely for elongation to happen. But um, I do think that, you know, having good quality biceps tissue and a good uh, biceps anchor is important uh, to use this technique. So I think it's important to have that as a foundation before uh, using this technique.
0: You also mentioned the tuberoplasty effect of the SCR and how maybe that's the helpful portion of the allograft. Have you ever done tuberoplasties on their own, or what are your thoughts about this? It seems like, again, something that we're still learning more about.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, um, I think a few of the authors that, uh, you know, have high-volume SCR showed that, um, you know, the rupture of uh, the graft on the glenoid site is more common. Um, and in the situation where the humeral side is still preserved, they, they found that, um, you know, there were positive outcomes and it was suggested that there's a tuberoplasty effect. You know, I've not done isolated uh, tuberoplasties, but I I do think it's an interesting idea, you know, and and I think that was an interesting um, thing to look at for the study as well, where I thought that because the SCR graft had, you know, a bigger, wider footprint on the the rotator cuff footprint, that it would be associated with potentially improved biomechanical findings uh, due to the tuberoplasty effect. But again, interestingly, in the parameters that we studied, we did not see this. The one thing I would say is we did not look at subacromial contact pressure, and certainly that's something that can be looked at in the future to see if, you know, potentially, you know, for that parameter alone that, um, you know, potentially um, a tuberculosis may have with the SCR may have a greater effect, which d- we did not look at.
0: As you mentioned in your discussion, there are a few described techniques for biceps tendon SCR. Can you talk a little bit about the different options and your thoughts regarding the different different techniques?
1: Absolutely. Um uh, Dr. Mazaka's group out of Boston and Connecticut did a very nice biomechanical study comparing a variety of uh, configurations of the long headed biceptine thesis and showed that the V-shaped configuration was superior to the single-strand or box-shaped. However, in clinical practice, I do think that this is a little more technically challenging technique as it it involves an additional glenoid-based anchor. And personally, I've been satisfied uh, with the outcomes of my single-strand technique for this procedure.
0: That's a, that's a good point for sure. You mentioned that it sounds like you're doing some of these in clinical practice. Tell us a little bit about, you know, when you use them a little more, you know, you alluded to that. It sounds like this study has changed your clinical practice. You're not suturing it side to side in the back or kind of give us your approach. Have you abandoned SCR with thermal and gone to the biceps? I'd just like to hear your uh, your thoughts
1: yeah I would say that I've definitely transitioned more towards the uh long have bicep uh specifically in the situation of um augmentation I think it's a it's a nice you know straightforward and uh, cost effective procedure to do in that situation where you have you know the potentially less optimal uh tissue quality where it you know instead of routinely either tenotomizing or teeny the biceps you know the proximal groove that um I, I will either reroute it as, as we discussed or do it uh, as, as we discussed in the study. So I'm much more apt to preserve the long-headed biceps and, and do the tenodesis through the footprint of the posterior uh, portion of the cuff than I was uh, prior to doing this study. And I think that, again, with the growing amount of um, you know literature coming out that this is a viable technique, I, I think it's uh, certainly increased my volume in the, the practice as well. Um, I think SCRs uh, in general have uh, come down um, in my practice as well.
0: Yeah, I think that um, as I, I was going to ask you about a little bit later that I did a podcast with Matt Prenter about three years ago, and he thought SCR was was a good option and a good surgery. But he commented that he thinks in in a few years that the way we do SCR is going to be different, and maybe maybe this is this is it. I was I was curious: is, is there still a role that you find to use dermal allograft, or do you think we'll be slowly transitioning away from that?
1: Yeah, you know, it was really, really interesting. Uh, you know, Kevin Barners group did a very nice study and uh, also published in ASMAR this past December. Uh, he talked about, he did a survey-based study. Um, I think he had surgeons, you know, both nationally here in the U.S. and also international. And they found that overall, the the rate of SCRs have uh, declined, and and the most uh, common uh, cited reason was uh, just the the suboptimal data coming out. I uh, also talked about uh, the concept of the Scott's parabola, looking at you know the rise and fall of a surgical technique, where the a procedure goes from a promising idea where it drives standard of care to eventually a procedure where you know, um, you know, it kind of declines uh when, when suboptimal, you know, data comes out. And unfortunately for SDR, I think it is slightly on the uh the decline. Uh, there's been an increased use of bi inductive graphs. And I do think um there's an exciting um technique called the lower trapezius transfer that's coming out too that's been described by uh and pioneered by Dr. al Hassan from Boston uh and uses arsenoscopically assisted uh technique to 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 do this. Uh, definitely more technically challenging, but I think um, that is a technique that we'll hear uh, more about in the future as uh, as results come out.
0: You know, certainly using autographed is a, an attractive uh, and helpful thought process. You know, the, the thought about the importance of biology since our anchors and everything have improved so much Is it seems like where we're going. I wanted to ask, can you uh, break down some of the details about viewing and are you using the same anchor? Uh, I was just curious, of of those that haven't done the biceps SCR, tell us a little bit about how you uh, would recommend getting started, whether it be for partial repairs or for an augment, and just tell us some tips and tricks that you've come across since you've been doing this.
1: Absolutely. So I think as we alluded to throughout the podcast, I think making sure that um, the quality of the biceps and the bicep anchors is probably paramount. Um, and then the second thing is to really get comfortable with arthroscopic tenodesis. Um, I've been doing arthroscopic tenodesis for you know, a long time now, and I think once you get comfortable with that technique, I mean, this is just kind of an extension out of that technique. Uh, you're just tenodesing it at a, at a different location. Um, and then you make a decision whether you're going to just uh, reroute it or detach it so that you're doing a you know, standard arthroscopic tenodesis with the distal portion of the tendon And then incorporating the proximal portion as more of an augment to the rotator cuff. So I think that's another decision point. And then depending on if you're using the augment as an isolated procedure, then you want to make sure that you preserve enough real estate for the rest of your repair, you know, if if that's something that uh, you're doing in that situation. So I think just planning ahead, um, and sometimes it's not evident to actually go into the shoulder and, again, confirm all these things. But you know, once you make a decision that augment versus you know, an isolated procedure, quality of the tissue, et cetera, again, these are all things that you want to factor in into the location of the tinnitus, et cetera. But I think just getting started, I would say just become really comfortable with arthroscopic tinnitus would be the, the first step to do.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we really appreciate your uh, hard work in putting such a good study and again, doing the science the right way. And we look forward to hopefully some clinical studies and, and other uh, work coming out of group you know certainly a a rising star in the ranks of all of our societies so i appreciate this data and all that you do for our societies
1: thank you very much justin it was a pleasure talking to you today and again i look forward to you know these and many more thank you
0: yeah thanks so much Dr. Apaviraham's article entitled, Long Head of the Biceps Autograph Performs Biomechanically Similar to Human Dermal Allograph for Superior Capsular Reconstruction After Rotator Cuff Tear is in press in the Arthroscopy Journal and is available online at arthroscopyjournal.org. Thanks so much for joining us. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal.